It's good to be here tonight. Um, wow, what's going on in our world right now? It's crazy. It's crazy. I uh, spent the large part of my day, I had no intention of doing that, but matter of fact, I had a, a, a very full schedule scheduled for today. Uh, but when I woke up, I was uh, uh, turned on the news. I heard I got a notification on my phone and uh, turned on the news, and it said uh, they were starting the articles of impeachment and in starting, and, and certainly, uh, you know, we had heard that was a possibility, but never in American history uh, in over 200 years has, have they ever brought articles of impeachment in such a rust fashion in such a, um, an, and, and I'll just say it, it's not, I'm not partisan in this, just a very inappropriate, maybe the ideal and the subject's appropriate, but the process, um, there's an old saying that said, when emotion runs high, judgment runs low. And any time that you get emotionally involved in a situation, any kind of situation, you need to revert back to processes that are stable, the way you've acted in times past the way you've done things in times past. And uh, certainly right now, emotions are as high as they've ever been uh, since the, the Civil War in the United States of America. Um, they are, this country is, is painfully divided, uh, and, and those divisions that are among us have been fueled by our politicians on all sides. And that's, that's not partisan, that's not Democrat or Republican, that's the reality of, of where we're living, that they have just, they just keep amping it up. Everybody just keeps uh, amping up the situation. Um, and, and, and I've seen it happen in divorces uh, many times where people have irreconcilable differences in a relationship, uh, not because they're impossible, but because they choose not to reconcile them by the grace of God. And so they get to a point in which their, their union or their marriage can no longer continue because of their irreconcilable differences. By the way, it is the number one reason listed for divorce. If you were to go to the courthouse, any county courthouse in the state of Texas, and you would pull up all of the divorces that had happened uh, in that county, what you would find is that the number one reason for a divorce is irreconcilable differences. They came to a point in which they could no longer reconcile their differences and what you are seeing in America and a divorce is not a document that is filed at a courthouse a divorce is the dividing of human spirits a man and a woman when they get a divorce they when they get married the Bible said they become flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone their spirits become one uh, through the consummation of that relationship but a divorce is when you rip apart those human spirits and you it, it's, it's, it's messy, it's dangerous. I'm not talking to somebody that hadn't been divorced. I know people that are listening. I'm looking at people in the audience that have been divorced and remarried, and, and it, uh, it, it tears you apart. It breaks, you leave a part of your heart in that thing. You, you leave a part of yourself. You're torn, you're ripped, and, um, and, and it's, you're pulled apart. And what we're seeing in America is we're coming to a point where we're at irreconcilable differences and when you talk about countries when you talk about countries uh, we just saw it happen 
in, uh, in uh, Europe with uh, the, uh, the euro and with uh, the G, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, um, yeah, the Brexit was what they called it, but what was, what's it called? The uh, European Union. I'm sorry, I'm looking for words here. Uh, I'm, you think, well, Brother Sharp, I need to go ahead and preach. I'm already preaching. I'm in the Holy Ghost. Uh, James said, I wanted to write to you about the common salvation, but, uh, I mean, excuse me, Jude said, I came to write to you about this common salvation, but it's needful to write to you about da, 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 da. I came to you to preach something totally different tonight, but it is needful as the pastor of this church for me to talk about this. We just saw it in um, the European Union where uh, irreconcilable differences came about in, in Britain, Great Britain uh, decided that they could no longer be a part of the European Union. And because that's such a new union, probably less than 30 years old, uh, probably less than 20 years old, because that's a new union, it's about 25 years old, I think, if I would remember in history, um, because that's such a new union, well, they, they were provisions that one of those countries, which we would call like a state, it'd be like a state coming off of the country, was able to pull itself away in a, in a legal divorce. So uh, it was called Brexit. I heard uh, somebody holler a Brexit a while ago. That's what they named it, nicknamed it, where Britain exited the European Union. So basically, Britain got a divorce from the European Union through a, through a technical mechanism that they were allowed to do when they went into it. What we're seeing in America is the same thing is happening right now with irreconcilable differences. We have differences, and, and everybody keeps contending for their difference to the disunity of the body. That is the very definition of irreconcilable differences. And when you get to that, the problem is, with the exception of the state of Texas, with the exception of the state of Texas, there is no political or legal mechanism for the, a state or a section of states to pull away from the federal government, to dissolve the United States of America. It is impossible, according to our uh, foundation and our Constitution, as a matter of fact, when you start dividing certain amounts of states, maybe the East Coast and the West Coast from Central part of the United States, if you start dividing that, that is called insurrection or that's called sedition uh, and it's a, considered a treasonous action or what we would call high crimes is the highest of crimes that you can do against a civil nation. And so what we're seeing happen right now is people contending for their differences to the point of irreconcilable becoming irreconcilable. Uh, there's things that are said and done that are so devious and so um, malicious uh, that, uh, that, that you can't unsay them. And so because there is no mechanism for a division in the United States of America, the mechanism that is coming about, which has come about before over the issue of slavery, is a civil war. That's the mechanism of divorce in the United States of America. That is the only recourse that there is for a, a nation that is divided literally down the middle. We have 50 Republican senators in the Senate, and we have 50 Democrat 
senators in the Senate. It's 100 in that office. The division in the House is less than 20 seats, about 11 or 12. And you say, how come about? Because some people have died since the election started, uh, since they were elected, and they haven't put the new person in yet or not. So there's about 435, 436 people in the Congress, and, and it is, there's, only, so there's like 200 and, uh, there's only like 12, 11 or 12 votes different out of 435 in that house. It is, it, it's the slimmest margin in modern history in both branches of government. So you see this division is equal. It doesn't matter if the Republicans are in office or the Democrats are in office. If someone does not decide to reconcile that situation, uh, then uh, all of a sudden we're, the only mechanism, the only mechanism is armed conflict. And that is precisely what you saw happen at the Capitol on the 6th of January. The people that went there were the spearhead or the, uh, the, uh, the most um, dedicated of, of um, Republican, and I don't want to just say Trump supporters because it's bigger than Trump if if they, if they were to impeach him, he would become a political martyr. He's been impeached, but the impeachment process is, is, can be acquitted uh, in the Senate, which it will most likely be acquitted in the Senate. If they, if they even take it to the Senate, I don't, even think they, um, I don't even think they really want the Senate to hear it. I think they just want the, uh, that scourge to be out there. They know it's, it's probably never going to happen in the Senate um, and certainly not going to happen without due process in the Senate. The Senate will, will not do anything hastily uh, like it's been done. But irregardless, the, the, the division is just getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. You do not see anyone backing away from the brink. It's like two cars headed towards each other playing chicken. Y'all know what that means? They, where they were two crazy people get in the car and they, they head straight at each other wide open and to see which one's going to swerve first, swerve off first. That's just insane. It's just insane. And they're, they're, these two ideologies and these two philosophies are, are headed towards each other at, at, at breakneck speed. And every day you wake up. I did not wake up today to listen to two and a half, three hours of impeachment hearings. But that's exactly what my position as a pastor and as someone who is a political, um, involved in the political process, I understand and involved, and involved in the political process because I'm a leader in our community. I have to be involved, although I never run for office and I never seek any offices, whether it's a civil office or even a church office. I, I don't run for those. I don't, that's not my thing. But, but I'm very involved in that. And so now all of a sudden I have to stop and listen to uh, three hours of argument about articles of impeachment because no one said that today the they were going to just have all of this. It, it was, it's never happened before. Uh, the last time they impeached President Trump, which was a year ago almost to the day, uh, it took three weeks for them to get the articles to where they even got to the floor so that they could debate them. So when you hear that they're thinking about bringing them, you would think there's at least a three-week to two-month process before those articles are discussed. But 
in the same day they bring them is the same somebody hit a button with your knee okay i hear something behind me and we'll hit the other button there we go uh, and, and so we need to we need to understand where we're at so brother sharp what are you saying i'm trying to tell you you better get ready for two things the lord coming back and you better get ready to to um, uh, lean on each other and to help each other and to um, um, support one another throughout this. And, and I, and I want to go on record to say, and, and I'm, I know we're being only heard by a few people in the building. I assume there are some watching out there or others will watch later. But I, I want to go on the record saying it, it's that it, it would be against the very theology and philosophy of the Temple Christian Center for anybody that is a member of this church to be involved in any type of civil war. I preached a message a few weeks ago. It's making its way around the internet now uh, called God and Country. If you, uh, excuse me, God and Government. If you were not here for that sermon and you have not heard it and you are a member of the Temple Christian Center, you must listen to it. Uh, uh, you must, uh, as your pastor, uh, I am telling you that you need to stop what you're doing and listen to that. Uh, the church is going to enter into a time of persecution. Being a prophet of doom, I'm just telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. The church is going to be, you, they're canceling the president's Twitter account now. They were already playing around with churches before they canceled the most powerful man in the world's Twitter account with 80-some-odd million followers. 40% of all traffic on Twitter came from President Trump. And they killed his account. And, and so uh, they were already killing our, some of our services. When I say killing, that means taking them offline without explanation. And they would give you some sort of real vague thing like, we couldn't promote our Easter service. They may take this one offline because I'm saying this, but we couldn't. We tried to boost the, the fact that we we're going to have an Easter service. And we had an Easter blah, 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 blah thing, and we wanted to boost it to our community like we do, uh, send out a, an advertisement on Facebook. They, they refused to take our money and refused to advertise our Easter service because it was anti-Semitic. Now, that means it was against the Jews. We've been celebrating Easter forever. Yes, the Jews killed Jesus. That's a matter of history. We know why they did it. We know it was foretold they would do it. He happened to be a Jew. So if you're really getting into anti-Semiticism, it was a Jew killing a Jew. It's just ridiculous. But they, they, that was what they said when, they, when we tried to boost it, give them money to advertise our Easter service, to invite people to come here Easter. These social medias... Uh, said on Facebook particularly, said, no, we won't boost that because Easter is anti-Semitic. They cancel your voice. They cancel the president's voice. So uh, we are, we, we're, we're going to see this. This is something that we're going to see. We shouldn't be um, surprised by it. I don't want our church to be caught flat-footed. I don't want us to be unaware. I don't want us, I want us to understand that there's probably, and our media team needs to do what uh, Parler is doing right now. Uh, I didn't even know Parler was a social media company until uh, uh, last week. I didn't, I've never heard of them in my life until they canceled President uh, 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 
Trump's account uh, from, from Twitter, and then everybody was switching over to Parler, and I said, what's Parler? That's the first time I heard of Parler. And now Parler has been uh, uh, just shut down by, by, the, by the techno giants, and they have crushed it overnight, uh, just like uh, some things happened overnight where the, the government asked us to stop our businesses and stop our church services and stop our schools overnight. And so we, we were kind of caught flat-footed by COVID, if you will. We, I, I said they can't do that. That's not going to happen. That's impossible. It's never happened before. And there it was. Um, and it, it, it was what it was. It was novel. It was new. It was the first time we'd ever heard that. And, and so all of a sudden, but with this, I don't want you to be unaware of what's going on. And I don't want you to get caught up in it. If you didn't hear God and government, you need to listen. And I'll say in a simplistic soundbite, persecution of the church is not a just cause to go to the war. There are just causes to go to war. The Bible does say there's a time to kill, and a time to heal, and a time to kill. It does say that in Ecclesiastes. is the reality of, of, of that. The Bible is very clear. Uh, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. There are times that you must defend yourself. There's times, but persecution is not one of them. When we are persecuted for his namesake, when the church is persecuted because it's the church, the Bible said we're to count it all joy. And certainly, political and ideological differences are no reason to start a civil war or to be a part of a civil war. If civil war starts in America, your kinfolks, your neighbors, your bosses, your political leaders will push you to choose a side. Are you a red state? Are you a blue state? Are you a free state? Are you a government state? Are you this? Are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? They're going to force you. And you'd better be ready with the answer. You'd better say, I'm a child of God. I serve one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God who is above all, in us all, and through us all. Because greater than the United States of America, and greater than this constitution that we were given as a gift from God by man, uh, for, um, excuse me, by man from God. I believe the constitution is an article that men were moved on by the Spirit of God to write. But just hear me and hear me well. Constitutions and such articles have come and gone in history. But God has remained the same. And while we sit here in America under the privilege to join together in church like we are here tonight, while we sit here tonight doing what we're doing and we consider it our civil liberty to, to worship God however we want to worship God, I can put you on a plane and I can fly you to Burma and you can't do it there. It's illegal. But he's the same God in Burma as he is right here. I can fly you to Kenya where they don't have the money for microphones or LED lights or air-conditioned buildings, but they still 
are children of God that meet together, worship God. People are filled with the Holy Ghost. Listen, people, what you see around here, the structures and, and the things that we have are just tools and blessings. What you better, what we must get rooted and grounded in, and you're going to hear, well, this is what God has put in my spirit, and I'm going to preach it till you're sick of it. I'm going to preach it till, you, till you, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're just repeating it out loud. Back to basics. We've got to get back to what the apostolic church believed, what the apostolic church did, how the apostolic church acted. You don't need internet. You don't need Facebook. You don't need Instagram. You don't need Twitter to spread the gospel to the entire world. It's already happened. It happened back in the first century, and it'll happen again without those tools. If they take us off the net, if they take us off of all of these tools, if they try to cancel us or silence us, that cannot, you cannot kill the spirit that is in a person. And if you kill the person, the attitude, the idea, or the spirit that is in them lives beyond them. That's the definition of a martyr. They're literally making President Trump a martyr. President Trump should have been chastised for what he did the other day. It was irreprehensible. It means you shouldn't do it. it you, there's no excuse for what he did. He got passionately overwhelmed and he has a big pulpit, and he stepped outside of his responsibility area, and he made some statements that some people that were lunatic in their mind took one way, and they went and ran with them. He should be chastised for that. Chastisement is what you do to people you love. It's what you do to your children when they make a mistake. It's what your boss does to you when you come in late for the fifth time. And he says, okay, we're going to call, we're going to, if you do that again, you're going to be fired. Chastisement is to encourage and to strengthen the bond. They should have censored him. That's a public chastisement of what he did and said, you, you, you need to be more careful when you have that much authority and that much, because there's people out there that are like a match ready to go off. That's what they should have done. But instead, they're trying to literally... Kill him politically. You say literally and politically. There's a political spectrum in which he lives. They're trying to politically nullify him, to assassinate him politically. They're trying to discredit him morally so that he has no authority. What that is literally has the effect of doing is making him a martyr and deflecting from what happened the other day. And before it's over, President Trump's and, and, and his supporters will make him a victim. I'll give you an illustration. Your kid does something wrong. Does something really wrong that you don't want him to ever do again. So you chastise him. The Bible said if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. So you use the rod on him. And you really want him to remember so you use the rod as strong as you've ever used the rod before. And when you get through using the rod, you see there's some whelps there on the children 
maybe a bruise on their backside that you didn't mean to put there. So immediately you scoop them out some ice cream. You try to soothe the wound. You try to calm it down. The person that needed to be chastised now becomes the victim of an overaction of the person in, in, that has the authority or the responsibility. Now, Brother Sharp, where are you at? I'm in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It, I, I used it Sunday. I've used it a thousand times in the last 30 years. Hebrews 10, and, and the part that we pull out of there, there's a lot of stuff in there, and I may read some of the other stuff, but I'm, I'm pouring out my heart to you tonight. But Hebrews 10, the part that we pull out is, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, even more so as you see the day approaching. Where are you at? You're in 23. I think I'm in 27. Where am I? 25 uh, or 24, somewhere. I said, uh, where is it? Let us think of ways. Next verse. And let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we've used this scripture, and we've seen this scripture uh, as an admonition to get us to continue to come to, together, whether that's in a large group setting like we have in the church building or in a small group setting like you have in your home groups and your, your small groups. Uh, it's, we, we admonish that, and it even the, the verse before that um, uh, gives us the reason that we've used, um, and, and, and then we'll go back one verse, uh, if you will, uh, 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect meeting together as the manner of some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near and 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 so we've used those two verses to to really tell you that there's power in coming together that the body of christ has got to come together and that when we come together it has some motivational things that's how we get motivated uh, i may be tired and weary but when i come to the house of the lord and i see you're here then all of a sudden I'm encouraged and I'm strengthened uh, I, I, and, and, I, and I can go another day. It gives me uh, 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 the sense of unity and solidarity that we're all going through this together. Maybe we're all hurting together. We're all broken together. We're all celebrating together. Those kind of things. But let me step back even one more verse. And, 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 and there's some things in this, in the 10th chapter that perhaps I'll go to in just a moment, even a little further down. The 23rd verse, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. I said to you before, if they take us off the internet, we've got to hold fast to the faith that we've been talking about all of these years. If we're not able to meet in buildings, we'd still better hold fast. Get a hold of it and don't turn loose of it. When we get the opportunity to gather together, 
on a Wednesday night, and this is not just to amp up the crowd for a Wednesday night or to amp up our numbers on a Sunday morning. I don't know if we'll ever be able to count numbers again as some sort of gauge of how the church is doing. You know, how many did you have in church today? You remember those days? How many people remember those days? Oh, man, how many do y'all run at your church? How big is your membership? How, how many people? How many? That was the gauge of the church. Oh, we just got a small church. It, we just have about 20. It's got nothing to do with it. Do you have 20 solid people that are on fire for God? Do you have a powerful church? Do you have people that are jointly, fitly framed together? Do you have people that no matter if persecution comes, if death comes, if sickness comes, they're not going to turn loose of the faith they've been holding on to all these years? That's how you're going to have to determine what kind of church you have. People that will say, I refuse, I refuse to uh, not exercise my faith publicly. Well, what if they throw you in jail for that? They probably will. As a matter of fact, they've done it before. And you are silly to think that we've got some sort of past in America that it can't happen to us. Oh, we're America. We're the United States of America. That'll never happen here. How many things have you seen happen in the last year that you thought could never happen in this country? Never has happened. Another N-word. I say we got another N-word, another never word. Never in American history has the Capitol been stormed by its own constituents. Never in the fashion that we saw the other day. It's like the storming of the Bastille in the French Revolution. You watched it in live time if you watched it. The reality is it's never happened before. This is the hour. And I can get up here and preach to you some sort of sermon that I got out of a series, and we're going to talk about the seven parts of this or the three parts of that. But people, we're living in an hour. We better get, we better get a hold. hold. He said... Let us hold tightly without wavering, without our faith wavering. Don't let these things shake you. You can't be shook by this stuff. You can't be blown around by it. You can't, you can't take your course by it. You've got to say, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. I believe it's in the Word of God. Hold fast, hold firmly without wavering to the hope that we've always affirmed. Because God can be trusted. God did not promise me a BMW. I got a couple of them now. I've had four or five or six or seven or eight or nine of them in my lifetime. God did not promise me, brother and sister Hinserling, a new house. God did not promise me that I would always have a job 
and wouldn't get fired from my job because they found out I was a Republican? If they're firing Republicans now, they literally are firing Republicans off of positions. They're surfing the Internet and finding out you're a Republican. And the counterculture is firing them from their jobs. The major corporations pulled all of their funds from Republican candidates in the last week, canceling out those, that voice. If they can do it to a Republican, Christians are easy fodder. Christians are going to be next. They're going to can't, they'll fire you for your job. They'll say it's divisive and hate speech and you're not part of a registered religion. You think, that's weird. How can that ever happen? In most of the countries in the world, you have... In most of the countries in the world, you have to register your church with the government. In other words, you have to get approval by the government to preach what you preach. If they don't register you, you become an unlawful or unregistered church. They can then find you cite you for illegal meetings. This happens all the time around the world. We just sat in a cocoon called the United States of America pretend it can't happen to us. 501c3, you think you got a hold on that? That's your tax-exempt non-profit status? That's, oh, we're this, that. They're ripping the, the last administration. It was the hardest administration ever in those eight years. In those eight years to get a 501c3. They targeted churches, pulling your, your non-taxable, your tax-exempt status, your charitable organization status. They targeted them. It's a matter of record. I'm not making this stuff up. It's a matter of, matter of record. That's what happened in the last administration before President Trump came into office. He rolled back those resolu resolutions and those regulations is what I'm trying to say. But here's what happened. Hebrews is taking a whole new meaning to me. Let us hold fast without wavering the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. And let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways. Let us come up, one translation says, with ways. Let us think up new ways. Let us invent new ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. This week, two events had to be canceled. This week. One was our sectional meeting of ministers where we go and we vote in our... Uh, uh, officials on a sectional level, very small level, about 14 churches in this area. It's canceled due to the weather, COVID, a lot of other things. Because of the times was canceled. We should have been at because of the times. They even moved it to a virtual because of the times. Now, because of the times has been going on about 35 years, 36 years. So the first time in 36 years, they haven't had that event where ministers come from around the world, about 4,000 ministers and their wives come 
into Alexandria, Louisiana. It's a really small town in, in Louisiana, central Louisiana. It's very difficult to get there. But people make their way from around the world to get there for three days in which they are preached to intently. Ministers are preached to. And they are that you get direction from there. You get correction from there. You, you get healing from there. You get help from there. And even when it went to virtual, they canceled the virtual because they couldn't, get, couldn't pull it off. They couldn't make it happen. That's because of COVID. And so what we're seeing, and I'm talking with superintendents, and I'm talking with uh, leaders in the, in the United Pentecostal Church on a daily basis. And we're, we're, we've got a calendar. We've, we passed out the calendar for the year. Y'all got a copy of it the other day for the calendar for Section 4. And the district calendar is published online. And already, boom, boom, events are being scratched off. We, I, I don't know if they'll ever be able to have because of the times again where people from all over the world convene in one building. Just think about it. You're talking about a nightmare for COVID. I mean, you, you can't imagine how packed in that building was. If you've never been there, you can't imagine it. The building seats about 3,500. They put about 4,500 on the campus. People are literally sitting in halls. They're listening outside. They're watching monitors. You're, Steve, you've been there. Others have been there. Pastor Tim, you've been there many times. You are like this, arm to arm. Those events may never happen again. Barbecue under the big top, a great ideal. We've done it. We used it successfully for the last few years. Memorial Day, Veterans Day, those things that we use to draw people into our church so we can meet them, they can find us out, find out about us, we can find out about them, we can connect with our community. Those type of events may never happen again. You say, well, COVID's going to be over. I've gotten the first part of my vaccine. I'm getting the second part. They'll have another strand. Do you understand? Not only that, the government may cancel you in the future with the political and, 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 and unrest that we have in America right now. You know what they just did? I heard when we pulled into the parking lot of the church, Airbnb canceled every reservation. It's just happened an hour ago, an hour and a half ago. Every reservation in the Washington, D.C. area. Airbnb is when you go into an area that doesn't have enough hotels, you can stay in somebody's home. You get online. They canceled all of the reservations refunded all the money to the people and paid the homeowners as if somebody had already stayed with them. That happened one hour before church. That happened this afternoon. Canceled all of them to Washington, D.C. because they are anticipating an armed protest at the inauguration. If you fly into Washington, D.C. right now, you're an American. Go buy you a ticket. It's your right to attend the inauguration. It's your right to stand on the mall and to look, even if you're a mile away, and look up that hallowed hall and see at the top of that Capitol stairs the, the next president taking office. As you come off of the airplane in Washington, D.C., you will be questioned by the FBI on why you're there. They have requested that all non-essential personnel not come to the inauguration. There is great talk about moving it from the open location to a more controlled environment such as a football stadium. 
This happens next week on Wednesday. There are 15,000 National Guardsmen in Washington, D.C. right now. That's more than is in Afghanistan and Iraq combined tonight. Now we're going to start the third part of our series on love. It's not an hour for series. You hear me. And I'm not making fun. I'm not, there's a time for detailed Bible study. There's a time for series. There's a time. This is a time that you had better hold fast to what you said you believe, Cleo. That you better say and you better make up your mind, Steve, that nothing is going to shake me. Nothing is going to shake me. Not politics, not presidents, not, I won't get caught up in a civil unrest. I will not. I refuse it. This is not a cause for the church. I don't care if you're a blue or a red. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It is not the cause for the church. Yes, you have the right as an American citizen to voice your opinion. That is absolutely your right. But as a Christian... You have the responsibility to bring unity. And your responsibility as a Christian always must usurp your right as an American. The Constitution gives a woman the right to have an abortion. And the Bible calls it murder. You have a higher law that you must answer to. You can't. You can't. If somebody walks in here and they're a Democrat, you see a Biden sticker on their car, you're at the wrong church. Y'all ready to go back to that? The black and white days? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Walk into the wrong church. If you're a black person or a white person, they're like looking at you like, what you doing here now? Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Any of you lived over uh, 40 or 50 years, you remember that. You show up in the wrong restaurant. If I go down to Curly's Market on the east side 30 years ago, they'd look at me like, why, boy, what you doing in here? Black person show up at Casa Ole, they run you off 30 years ago. I don't want to go to that. And now it ain't going to be over color. It's going to be over Biden or Trump or red or blue or this or that, we have got to stop it. It's got to stop in the church. And we've got to come up with ways. We've got to think up ways. When I talk to those men in authority and, and I sit on the councils that I sit on and, and we, we reason together in prayer, we're trying to figure out a way to connect in this new reality that we live in 
And you can pretend it doesn't exist and you can pretend it's not happening and you can pretend it's not real and you can wish that pastor would preach a more positive sermon. But what I'm trying to do is prepare you for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And before he comes, uh, no matter what happens, uh, you to hold firm to the faith you've said you always had. For you to stand up and say, I don't care who's in office. I don't care what law they come up with. I don't care what social media does to me I still believe what I've always believed uh, the word of God changeth not uh, it's forever settled and you you Paul said to the Hebrew church who is the Hebrew church Hebrews were the ones raised in the Judeo uh, principles the, they understood uh, the covenants and the laws of the Old Testament the Hebrews knew the laws of hospitality they knew the laws of responsibility and he preached to them you had better figure out ways you better try to sit down and figure out ways to motivate one another to do good works you women, you hear me, whether you're in the building or listening at home or listening later. You better sit around and think about ways uh, you can put the fire out in your neighborhood between Democrats and Republicans. You better think about the ways uh, that you can come up with that when a new woman comes to this church, uh, and you don't know whether they got the COVID or they don't, uh, whether you ought to approach them or you can't approach them. You better let it wake you up uh, in the middle of the night, men, and say, I got to figure out, I've seen that guy on the other side of church uh, and they tell me I can't approach people and I don't know how and we don't have all the systems in place but God give me the mind of Christ to figure it out Paul preached to the Hebrews you had better try to figure it out you had better try to come up with ways to motivate each other oh no I'm waiting on you pastor I'm waiting on you organization I'm waiting on you to take my cues from you oh God have mercy if I knew the answer I'd already given you the answer I pray every day I pray with my wife was a little sweet lady come to church she'd been coming for several weeks we see her on Sunday she was here and and I, and I noticed she sat by herself and I don't want to tell her story too much she's probably listening tonight and and and, and I told my wife I said we got to figure out a way to connect with that lady and and, and, and we got to figure out a way to, to get, get her locked in. How do we get her in our oikos? How do we get her in our groups? How do we get a new person, a new couple that sits here, a new couple that's sitting back there? I don't even know their name, and you don't either. Some of you do because it's your job. But others, how do, we, how do we get them into our circle? You're over 70. You can't just bring them in. It might be COVID. You, how do we figure? We better come up with the method. And we better figure out, oh, no, us four no more. I got my little bubble. We're going to heaven. I'm not bringing anybody else in. How in God's name will the church ever grow? We may go back in just a few days. We have a new president coming on the 20th who said, He's going to go back to some of the restrictions that we've seen in the past. It's not a secret. That's not it's something he ran on. It's his philosophy. It's not something he's ashamed of. It's something that he believes in. That means no more than 10 in a building. 
Are we really ready for that? California, you keep having church, it's $5,000 fine every service. Are we ready for that? Are you ready to ante up five grand to come to church? You can come for free tonight. You're here, they're not. Won't cost you a dime to come tonight. You can just walk in and have church. But are you willing to pay 5000 bucks to come to church? Are you ready to pay $5,000 a service? Talking about church notes, that ain't nothing. That's nothing. Church notes ain't nothing compared to $5,000 a service to come together. Are we willing and ready to do that? We had better come up with ways. We have got to be praying and fasting and figuring it out. Ways that when somebody comes towards Christ and comes towards the church, figure out a way to connect them to the church. I was asking my wife, I said, we need to connect, and, and she was a, a young lady, and so I sent my wife out. And maybe some of you have already connected. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. There's no mechanism. We don't have a, a check-in system like we used to. And we have kind of, we're coming up with a new check-in, and you're new here. And we've got it. We've tried every tool. We're trying everything. We're trying to do everything. And, and somebody said, well, I'll just go up and hug her neck. Go right ahead. She came week after week. And I finally told my wife, I said, you need, to, you need to connect with her. So my wife waited for her, called her, connected with her. She hadn't been back since. Maybe she moved. Maybe she's out of town. Maybe she's afraid. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just coincidence. Maybe she didn't like my wife. <laughs> I doubt that. Everybody loves Sheila. That's how weird it is. That's how weird it is. You don't know whether somebody says, well, by God, I'll just go do what I've always done. I'll just go embrace them and hug them. They're out the door. They never come back. They ain't going to a place like that's going to give me the COVID or this or that. That's the environment we live in. So how do we do it, Brother Sharp? Sister Carol, I don't have a clue. But I promise you, every day when I pray, I'm saying, God, give me the wisdom Give me the knowledge. I can take last year's calendar and I can just repeat it and photostaff it, copy it, and put it and repaste it. It's so easy for me to do. To, I've been doing this for 30 years. I got the calendar overlay for Temple Christian Center, Pastor Tim. We'll just all have a bowl of Sister Sheila's soup around the fire at the house. I'll bring our team in. I'll pass out a piece of paper. I'll download and link you in to an active calendar. It'll overlay just, we'll have the same revivals we've had for the last 20 years. We'll have the same speakers we've had, and we'll expect it. But you can't do that anymore. And to pretend that I can just take that calendar and easily overlay it. And, and no, no, we're living in different times. We're living in times we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to fight to hold to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We're going to have to get a hold of it and say, look, this is not about lights and drums and all of the peripheral stuff that we've had and have been a blessing. You think the drums, I don't know if the drums, I don't know if the lights are going away. I don't know any of this. I could not have imagined this, Sister Cleo, this reality that we live, if I wanted to. And if you think you could have, well, why in God's name didn't you say something? 
give me a break. All the Johnny come lately, they tell you, oh, I saw it coming and I prophesied it, this and that. Give me a break. They didn't tell us then. They told me then I'd have bought more toilet paper. I just had to make you laugh a little. It's been pretty heavy so far. Bible's plain what we should do. It said, no matter what happens, don't neglect meeting together. Can I tell you that hell, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, not the Chinese, but hell has made an assault on fellowship, on connecting together. This is not the Chinese. They may have loosed it on us, but if they did, it was hell telling them to do it. This is a weapon you could not have imagined a year ago. You could not have imagined a year ago that in America or in the world you couldn't gather together. You couldn't sing in church. You just stand on a street corner last January and say, Oh, hear ye, hear ye, America. By this time next year, you won't be able to sing in church in California. They'd have said, that poor little soul, bless her heart. They'd have locked you in the loony bin. And here we are in a world that's like that. We have got to figure out a way. And we have got to put a premium. Please hear me. I'm not hollering at you. I'm not, I'm not targeting you if you're watching online. Listen to me carefully. If you're in the building, listen to me carefully. We had better put a premium on meeting together. When we can get here to this building, we had better put a premium on it. We better say, oh my God, I'm going to get to go to church again this week. Oh my God, I'm going to get to be in the house. I'm going to get to see some, uh, somebody. I'm going to get to see another saint. I'm going to get to worship as y'all lead us in worship. I'm going to get to do that again. It better be the thing that is at the top of the list for us. And not only in this building, but in our homes. And we have got to figure out a way. If you're listening and you're not here, this is your prayer. This is the prayer of the Temple Christian Center, particularly the Temple Christian Center uh, leadership. But I don't even want to say that because that pressures all of the pressure on leadership and you sit around and wait for us to come up with the ideal. You're a believer. I'm a believer. And I'm praying every day for God to give me the words and the wisdom and the knowledge to pastor in 2021. And for those silly folks, silly, silly people that thought because the calendar went from January 31st, I mean, December 31st to January the 1st, that it was going to change anything. Silly, 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 silly people. The climate of America has not changed. The COVID has gotten worse rather than better. Are you trying to depress me? No. In the midst of this, we've got to make up our mind that I am holding fast to the faith. And I'm going to hold on to what he promised me. He didn't promise me a house. He didn't promise me money in the bank. 
He didn't promise me a job. He promised me a mansion in glory. He promised, oh yeah, oh yeah, come on, that's better. Come on, that's, you don't have to give a golf clap. That's the real thing. He promised us that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. He promised us that no matter what we went through down here, we would have an eternity with him up there. No matter if we died for the cause and we were crucified on a cross like he was, if we died like the, the people did in the Second World War, if we died like they did in Nero's garden, if we were persecuted to death, no matter what happens, Temple Christian Center, we're not going to get caught flat-footed. Pestilence comes in COVID, we're ready for it again. Another strand comes, I know what I'm going to do. I've been there, done that. I done read the book on pestilence. I done read the book on, on, on pandemics. I, I, I got the T-shirt. I know, I know what I'm going to do on a pandemic. Now, I don't know what the government's going to do. And I got to do what I feel to do in the Holy Ghost. War comes. Civil war comes. You better not choose a side. You better choose a side for Christ. You better say, that's not the will of God. It's not the will of God for the red states to fight the, the blue states. That's not the will of God. It is the will of God for you to defend your family. All them bullets you've been buying, keep buying them. But don't you use them against your brother. Don't you get up and fight another American with those bullets you've been buying. If somebody breaks into your house, tries to kill your family, rape your wife or hurt your children, that's the time to use them, to defend yourself. But never, never for offense against a brother never well they're persecuting us and they're putting all kinds of laws and and they're putting all kinds of things you know they're gonna roll back all the trump's tax cuts and they're gonna do this so what so what this church is not going to be caught unaware not as long as i'm pastoring it you say, brother sharper i'm, I'm gonna listen to somebody that preaches better than that i'm gonna listen to somebody say just believe and it's gonna get better those guys that are preaching that got twenty-eight thousand. See, auditoriums, they ain't opened back up yet. Did you know that? They got a 12,000-seat auditorium in, in Dallas. Their services aren't back open yet. You say, are you cutting them down? Brush up? No. I'm just telling you. What used to work ain't going to work tomorrow. We got to figure out, we have got to figure out what is important and what is valuable and what we need to do right now we need you saying, hey, Brother Sharp, you're not going to believe this. That new person that came, I had them over the house for dinner the other night. I'm going to say, which new person? You know, the little couple back there. Oh, yeah, I saw them. I, I, yeah, yeah. What, what's their name? Oh, man, they got the sweetest kids. They work just down the street. Da, 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 da. Well, wait a minute. What program was that, Pastor Tim? Who organized that? Who gave you permission to do that? You asked me a question the other day. That's why I didn't answer it. That's why I didn't answer it, Brother Scott. I didn't answer your text because I don't know which way that group should go. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if we ought to have strictly structured groups or just build a culture among the church, a strong culture among the church that says the only way the church is going to make it is if we join together with one another and have that culture that's so strong 
in our church and among our believers that it figures out a way to engraft people into the body of Christ that are coming to the church because we're getting visitors. Some of the saints ain't back. But every Sunday, we got visitors in this house. Every Sunday, new people are coming, to, to the Lord, coming into the service and are coming to Christ and making the decision to, to cross COVID and to cross all kinds of other lines and, 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 and to show up in this house every single Sunday. We've got to figure out how to do it. We've got to build a culture that wants to do it. Can we stand? I'll read the entire three verses that have inspired me to speak the way I have tonight when I saw them in an entirely different light. Let us hold fast. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as the manner of some people do. But let us encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. His coming is sooner than we think. It was one of the first services that we were back open. We took the month of July off and was online only for that month because we were trying to figure out and find our footing for the future. It was just prior to that in June that I personally dealt with the reality that COVID was not going away with the summer heat. And as a pastor, I realized we were duly unprepared for what we were facing. We'd start letting down some of our protocols. We were hoping against hope that it would be gone. Many of the other churches hadn't opened back yet. I went and preached in Denver. I preached a conference there. I was one of the only conferences that were held on a national level last year because they canceled them all just about after March. But we went anyway in July and we preached in Denver. While we preached there, we saw some friends that we had met at Motion Conference two or three years before. My wife had met them passively and I'd got to know the Martinez's a little better. The Sunday I preached the conference was their last Sunday in Denver. His job had relocated him to Central Texas. As a matter of fact, just north of Austin. I made a joke of it when I was preaching that Sunday that we'll take their transfer letter right now. We'd love to have them. It, and I, I looked it up before I left. I said, it's only 47 miles to our church from where you're moving. They laughed, we laughed. 
The Denver church wept as they left. We opened back up in August. That was July. Two weeks later, we opened back up in August. The first service we opened back up, the Martinez family came and they sat on the same row that Brother Steve's family is on right now. A beautiful family, a husband, a wife, 24-year-old son, two beautiful daughters. They, one of them married in Denver. They sat there. I went back and shook their hand. I said, oh, did we get you? They said, no, because none of the churches were open in their area and and they just took it as a chance to come and be with us on that Sunday. We knew they were in the will of God where they were at in Cedar Park Church. And we called the readies and we helped make sure that they were all where they needed to be, lined up where they needed to be. I got a text at 9 o'clock on Monday morning. David, probably wasn't more than 50 your age, Tim, probably. You're 49, 48? What are you? 49. About your age. 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. His wife found him in bed beside her dead from COVID-19. He didn't spend time in the hospital. He didn't. I talked to his former pastor. He said, man, he was doing great. He just was a little sick. They went to SeaWorld on the 25th, the 26th of December, right after Christmas for their son's 25th birthday. They, he was fine. He was working. 6 a.m., dead from COVID. You trying to scare me, Pastor? No, this is a crazy world. Some people get it. They lose their smell, and it's an it's a, it's a inconvenience. Other people are crazy, like my wife and my dad. They try to catch it, and they can't. I'm being funny. My wife's got such good health. My dad's so crazy, he can't catch it. We had to get on to him. Say, Dad, you're going into Walmart. You're going everywhere. You're going this and that. Oh, son, I already had it eight times. I've had all the symptoms. He's got a little spill. He does. We get it. We get a little sick. Sister Anna gets it. She's real sick, but she's getting better. Others get it and get mad because they make them stay home from work and they say, I don't even know I got it, but the doctor said I got it. They took a test. They and somebody else, it kills in the New York Minute. People, I can't figure it out. Dr. Fauci can't figure it out. Trump didn't have it figured out and Joe Biden's not going to figure it out. These are the last days. These are, you said it, perilous times Bible said because iniquity shall increase the love of many will wax cold but don't let that be said of you I can't be saved for you you can't be saved for me but it doesn't matter if God calls our sons or our husbands home our children home calls me home or you home it doesn't matter I'm gonna hold fast to the promise this world is not my home. This world is not my home. Would you lift your hand right now and secure yourself in that reality? And would you hold fast and trust him? Trust him that you are secure in the arms of the Savior right now? That no matter what's going on in this world, no matter what's going on in this world, no matter what happens around me, I'm secure in my relationship with him right now? Would you lock in with him? That's it. That's it. You'll find a source of strength right now. 
in the, that's it, you're feeling it come to you. You'll find an anointing come to you in this hour that you've never had before. You'll, you'll hear voices from God. You'll hear direction personally from God of what you should do when government can't tell you. When a program doesn't have it, God will speak to you. Not to you only, but He will help you figure out a way to provoke one another to help somebody else get to heaven. Would you tell God, I want to help somebody else. Give me. Give me. Give me the ideal, God. Give me the method. Give me the way, God, that I can reach somebody personally. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm not waiting on a program. God, give me an ideal how I can expand the body of Christ. How I can make sure my neighbor's baptized in Jesus' name. How I can make sure my kids are baptized in Jesus' name. How I can make sure my brother's full of the Holy Ghost, my sister's full of the Holy Ghost, that their salvation is secure in Christ. God, give me a way. Give me an ideal. That's it. Let it sweep over you in this place. Yes, we will lift high the flame. Oh, hallelujah. We will march through the darkness with the light of his name till the glory of God is seen by the world. We will carry the torch of the Lord. We will carry the torch. We will lift high the flame. We will march through the darkness by the light of his name till the glory of God is seen by the world we will carry the torch of the Lord oh we will carry the torch we will lift high the march through the darkness by the light of his name till the glory 